You are listening to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. As Mary's heart has become our heart, that as we pray, like through the, the daily meditation, there's a little prayer each day, like, Mary, give me your heart. Give me a heart that patiently waits. And that was Father Edward Looney, author of A Heart Like Mary's, his latest book, Thank you for joining us. My name is Michael J. Lichens, the editor and host of Catholic Exchange. Today we're talking about how we can develop that Marian heart, something that Father Edward Looney has thought a lot about, and now presents it to us in this podcast as well as his book. Listen in, go to edwardlooney.com if you want to learn more about him, go to catholicexchange.com, and also email me, editor at catholicexchange.com. God bless, and here's our interview. Hello, welcome to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. This is Michael Litchens here with Father Looney. We already talked a little bit about his book in the introduction, A Heart Like Mary, 31 Daily Meditations. So, Father Looney, just let me ask you, why should anyone desire a Marian heart? Mary is a great example, I think, for the Christian people. She Mm -hmm. uh, is really a model for all of us because she's a human person. When we think about Jesus, he was a divine person with a human nature and a divine nature, And so Mary is a creature, and because of that, we can look to her as an example in how she loved God and how she lived her life in that relationship with God. So I really think that if we try to live like Mary and to acquire a heart like her heart was and to love what she loved, that then that will help us, especially as we continue to walk uh, our Christian journey. Yes, absolutely. Uh, what are some of the aspects in this uh, meditation that you focus on in Marian's heart? Uh, I'm sorry, in Mary's heart. Yeah. So really, the book. Um, basically, what happened? Maybe I'll just give you the Please. little background as a way to preface into that. Um, but what happened was, I was in the seminary. I had a bad attitude sometimes. You know, a little negative, pessimistic, whatever you know, say mean things. And one day I was in the office of my spiritual director with a group of friends and uh, we were just shooting the breeze. And at that time I was being negative or critical. And, and he said something very strong to me. He said, you love Mary so much, but where is your Marian heart? Now, I have no idea if he remembers ever saying that to me or <laughs> not. And uh, wow. but that was something that I started to pray about every single day. Um, you know, he was a Mariologist and I was aspiring to be a Marian theologian myself. And, and that was just something that every day when I did my holy hour, I took to prayer and I said, well, what does it mean to live with a Marian heart? And basically that took me looking at the different, uh, different scripture passages of Mary and reflecting on who she was and her relationship with God. And basically what happened then was, I realized that there were certain attributes of her heart that I really desired, that I really wanted, and I began every day to ask for them. And so to answer the original question then, some of the attributes of Mary's heart, the very first one starts out a heart that patiently waits, and hopefully you don't mind, but I'll be submitting a little essay um, for the beginning of Advent as kind of a development of the reflection from the book and to publish it on Catholic Exchange, hopefully. Wonderful. uh, But that's... uh, to really look at Mary's patience. And one of the things that in that reflection, for example, that I really highlight is the fact that there Mary is, she's a daughter of Israel, and she's waiting for the coming of the Messiah, just like everybody else. Everyone mm-hmm. else and their brother and sister are waiting, and they're patiently waiting. And we look at the depictions of the Annunciation. Mary's often depicted in prayer, reading from the scriptures. And that just, I think, talks about her disposition, her 
composure, that she was patiently waiting, and then the angel comes into her life and announces this good news that we have to wait no longer, that that the Son of God, that the Messiah, the promised one, is going to be born of her. And really then, but that idea of patience kind of can pervade our entire life, because I know when I'm driving on the highway, and I'm behind a slow car, or I'm in rural Wisconsin, and uh, mm -hmm. sometimes I'm behind some farm equipment on the road and it just uh, <laughs> sometimes can be very aggravating and I might be a little impatient and uh, it's just a reminder at those moments that to live with a Marian heart means I need to be patient in this moment. You know, many of the other attributes uh, can you, you can see derived from the scriptures and really the, the format of, of the meditations, they go basically sequentially through the life of Mary looking at different attributes. One of my favorite ones uh, would be a heart attentive to the needs of others. That That's something I see for Mary at the wedding feast of Cana, that she sees someone's need and she goes to her son and she does something about it. Another one, just maybe the last one I'll mention, is uh, one of my favorites too, and it's uh, a heart that ponders. That Mary's heart, Luke tells us, treasured or pondered or kept all the events of Jesus' life in her heart. And I think that's so true for all of us, that we can ponder, that we can treasure, that we can keep many different things in our heart. And that can happen in varied ways. And the story that I tell in the book, and you know, spoiler alert, but in that meditation, uh, I relate a story about my ordination, that the day after I was ordained a priest, I went back to the hometown parish where I grew up, where I received the sacraments and went mm -hmm. through religious ed. And I did what was called a mass of Thanksgiving, and I celebrated it. I hired a cinematographer, a videographer, rather, to come in and to record the event. And so that person comes in and records, and I'm like, I'm going to get the footage. And there was one moment in particular that there was a song that was being sung that was written by Brian Flynn, and there was a beautiful vocalist who was singing it. It was called You Are a Priest Forever. It was a song that was played at a priest friend's funeral, uh, a priest that I greatly admired. And uh, so in that moment, after communion, sitting in the presider's chair, listening to that song, I broke down in tears listening to this vocalist sing the song. And I so much was looking forward to listening and to like hearing that again and again when I would get the video footage. Now, you can imagine that as I tell this story that something happened that, well, what happened was he lost the footage. There was a hardware malfunction, and a lot of it was saved, but one thing that wasn't was that song that was sung. And for me, in that, mo you know, going forward, as I recall my Mass of Thanksgiving, sometimes as I think back to that day of ordination and the events that happened afterwards, I realize now that that's a moment I treasure in my heart, that Really, uh, I can't watch it, you know, the, it's lost, but it's something that I can try to place myself in that moment. And really, I think that's a, a time in which it's living with a Marian heart, living with a heart that ponders and that treasures uh, these events. <laughs> Certainly. And I, I love that image you have of patiently waiting, but also we see even in especially the great pictures of the Annunciation, as you alluded to in your first chapter, a lot of times Mary is praying while waiting. It's a different sort than we kind of think of when we're waiting. It's not just sitting around twiddling our thumbs. It's And tell me if I'm accurate in this. It seems like in trying to form a Marian heart, we're waiting. But also praying while waiting, working while praying, and loving while waiting. Is that accurate, would you say? That, that's you, you couldn't have said it better, and uh, I might steal that in the future. <laughs> but... 
Yeah, you know, and even for us, when we're waiting, I know of people that if they're waiting somewhere, they just might be thumbing their rosary beads. They're reflecting on the life of Jesus with Mary, and that's a way that they patiently wait, that, well, I want to pray the rosary. I can pray a decade right now. And uh, there's, you think about any day of your life, you'll notice that there's a lot of times in which you're waiting, whether it's Mm -hmm. in line at the coffee shop or the grocery store or um, waiting for someone to call or uh, waiting on hold. So there's lots of opportunities for patience. Yes, there is. And praying the rosary or contemplating Mary is a much more productive way of sitting around and waiting than what I usually do, which is talking to myself and wondering why everyone's being such a big jerk today. But yeah. Ah, uh, no, I totally agree. <laughs> and well, you touched on it a little bit, but our first, my first thought, and I've already mentioned this to you off the air, but this would be a great book for Advent because it's daily, very short meditations. Did you have any idea if this could be used for Advent? Yeah, actually, I think it would make for uh, an excellent Advent companion. With the way that Advent falls this year, uh, it kind of would begin right before Advent. So I think the first Sunday of Advent is December 3rd, but mm-hmm. the book is 31 Daily Meditations, and there's 31 days month of December. And really, my thought is, well, if we want to take on a new heart, if we want to have a heart like Mary's, well, why not prepare during the month of December so that the new year, 2017, might be a wonderful year in which we have experienced a change of heart, a transformation, as Mary's heart has become our heart. That as we pray, like through the the daily meditation, there's a little prayer each day, like, Mary, Mm -hmm. give me your heart, give me a heart. Uh, that patiently waits or, or whatever. So if we continue to pray and ask for Mary to give us a heart like hers, well, then I think 2018 will be a different year for us. We'll notice that transformation of heart. So, yeah, I think it would make an excellent Advent companion. I'm actually doing an Advent retreat day um, based on the book uh, at the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help in Champion, Wisconsin. And, uh, yeah, m- uh, an excellent way. Uh, In fact, on my website, uh, which is edwardlooney.com, or you could put fredwardlooney.com, it'll just forward you to the the host. And uh, basically, uh, there's like a newsletter sign up, and I'm going to be sending out little videos or little updates or thoughts to help people as they journey uh, through the book. So I want to journey with people as... uh, we go to the, go into the heart of Mary. That was, uh, you know, uh, you work for Sophia Institute Press, and so I'm sure you've had this, that an author submits a title, and then you as a press decide, well, maybe this would be a better title. So my original <laughs> title was A Heart Like Hers, A 31-Day Journey into the Heart of Mary. And so I, I view this as a journey, as we journey into the depths mm-hmm. of her heart, but the publisher thought this would be a better title. They wanted people to know this is a book about the Blessed Mother, and they wanted you to know that it was 31 yes. daily meditations. So they were very proactive in what they wanted the title to be, which completely fine. Uh, but as we make the journey, uh, I want to be with people in that, and, and so send out resource material, uh, and, and I'll do that through this newsletter. Brilliant. And that's very ideal for Advent, I would say, of thinking about Mary I yeah, enjoy the, the season of Advent. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but the season oh. of Advent is just uh, 
it's quintessentially a, a Marian season because we're waiting with Mary in these final days that for nine months she's been with child, miraculously conceived by the Holy Spirit, and now she's making that final journey to bringing Jesus to birth, that she's going to meet her Savior face to face. Uh, the one whose merits, as we hear during the Advent season uh, on the Immaculate Conception, that God foresaw the merits of the cross and applied them to his mother Mary from the moment of her conception. So, so Mary meets her Savior because by his action later, she has already been saved by her, her Immaculate Conception. Advent has those Marian feast days, Immaculate Conception, Our Lady Guadalupe, and the very last days of Advent, um, I think, you know, just the O Antiphon times, really those are talking about Jesus, but Mary's role as well is a part of that. But the orations, the colics for Mass will even address Mary and have a, a they really convey a beautiful Marian theology. So really, Advent is, is a Marian season, in my opinion. I agree 100%. And it's especially fitting that you talk about Advent as well as patience. I saw a popular Catholic author, Haley Stewart, she published an article talking about how she kind of wants to skip Advent and get to Christmas because she doesn't have the patience or the heart to really go through, but knows that it's important to go through this. Uh, what I want to ask you is, what is some of your advice, like especially in the context of Mary, for people who are maybe stressed out by the holiday season? And what's a good way we can use a heart like Mary to get through it and really love and appreciate the joy that is the Christmas and Advent season? Sure. Yeah, so you, you hit the nail on the head, and this is what so many Catholic commentators have said, that, that Advent just kind of gets skipped, that yes, mm -hmm. we go to Mass and all this stuff. And, on, you know, just because of the way the calendar falls this year, the fourth Sunday of Advent is the is christmas eve but the morning of christmas eve so we don't celebrate christmas eve until after four o'clock and so people will go to mass hopefully on december 24th in the morning and then go to christmas mass later that day or the next day and and i have a feeling that a lot of catholics are going to be skipping the fourth sunday of advent so we we talk about not living advent you know kind of forgetting about it not mm -hmm. living in the moment and really just with the way the calendar happens this year that's kind of what's going to happen that that people are going to forget about the fourth sunday of advent so how do we how do we uh press forward how do we live advent i think i think we can look to mary as a woman of solitude of prayer and um that solitude that's a reflection that thomas merton gives about mary um that she would go into the cloister of her heart and um, i think maybe sometimes we might have to do that and there has to be this reality that or this kind of rea reality check for us that how am i doing am i stressed am i overdoing myself and if we realize that I'm answering yes to those questions, well, maybe I need to take a step back and say, well, what's the most important thing right now? And what do I need to do? And maybe it is to go into the cloister of our heart and maybe to spend some time in, in prayer or um, doing something else, maybe an act of service. I think the Advent season can be a time to serve other people. We, we think of all the people who might go Christmas caroling at nursing homes. They might prepare meals at a soup kitchen. That, that's service. And that's Mary's heart, that Mary goes and she visits her cousin Elizabeth. She's not told to do this. She does this out of the sincerity of who she is, the sincerity of her heart. And she goes and serves her cousin Elizabeth. And uh, that act of service is something then that 
we want to do as well to to love others i think the heart of mary during the advent season might mean for us that when we're going about everything that we're doing that that we realize that each person is a person that we should love no matter who they are or what they do or or whatever what if they're holding up the line if they're whatever it is <laughs> that this is a person that we're called to love because that's the heart of mary she loves all of humankind uh, and mm-hmm. we see that especially through her apparitions, her great love for all of us that she does, uh, that she desires our salvation, our conversion. And that's the second part of the book. So 21 days of attributes of looking at the scripture in the last 10 days looks at the desires of Mary's heart for her children. And if we realize we're all children of Mary, well, or children of God, we're all, we have Mary as our mother given to us at the foot of the cross that, that we'll want to love everyone just as she loves them. That's taking on the heart of Mary. Now, uh, to switch gears a little bit, we're talking through Advent and Mary, but I'm just curious, what were some of the surprises you found in writing this book? I know every author has surprises in writing a book, but I think when you're talking about someone like Mary, there's always a surprise. Did you find anything new you discovered or something you just never really fully realized when writing this? Oh, wow. Um, Anything new that I discovered? I would say one thing that I really did discover is that just because I wrote a book on a heart like Mary's, just because I prayed for a long time to have a heart like hers, and you know I took that question from the spiritual director to really to heart and to pray with it and to actualize it, um, doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I, there there was a professor in seminary that used to say you're not. It, it, she was a woman, and so she would say you're not done muffins, gentlemen. <laughs> and uh, I think that's really true that we're not done muffins, and yeah, um, and so really. The surprise for me was just because I wrote this book doesn't mean that I don't still need it to this very day, that there are times that I really do need it, that I do need to be reminded of it. And in fact, just a few months ago, it was back in August, um, kind of sometimes when I'm required to do things I don't want to do or <laughs> whatever, then I can maybe get a bad attitude. And I was at one of those you know, sessions for three or four days and uh, I just ha- developed a very bad attitude and, you know, the negativity, the pessimism, all that stuff. And I, I took a step back. And I said, you know what? I need a heart like Mary's. And I realized that in my own prayer life, I had stopped praying for that. And um, I had stopped asking Mary to give me her heart. And it was precisely when I did, when I stopped, when I no longer thought of it, that Sure enough, I slipped back, and it was the reminder that, well, I need to start again. I need to focus on the living with the Marian heart and to pray for whatever things that I really do desire and uh, uh, to, to have in this change of heart. And uh, so, you know, what I did was I called up a priest. I went to confession, kind of cleaned the slate, and uh, began again. And uh, so, so it's the constant reminder. The other thing that I would say is that every – well, every author is surprised after the book is done because then you think about something a little more and you realize, well, maybe I have more thoughts about this <laughs> or maybe I identify with something in a new way. There is one meditation uh, that, that focuses on kind of Mary's bereavement. Uh, I, I forget the exact, uh, uh, maybe uh, I think it was a heart filled with sorrow maybe. And uh, just really focusing on the fact that Mary experienced death in her life, that mm-hmm. her husband Joseph, that he died, that Jesus died, that others, the apostles, they died. And so really 
um, that she knew what it was to mourn and to grieve. And uh, I would say just uh, uh, as some of the Catholic Exchange readers uh, might have seen uh, that there was this article I wrote, Lessons I Learned After My Mother Passed Away. And so my mother died in September at a very young age of 51. Uh, and so, so really in that experience, just thinking about the grief of Mary and realizing that maybe sometimes as a writer, as an author, that there are certain aspects, especially in this meditation book, that maybe I'm more drawn to at a particular moment, that maybe right now I'm identifying with the grieving heart of Mary and, mm -hmm. and thinking about that and, and asking her to help me through that, for example. So uh, I guess those would be a few of the surprises that, that I encountered. And some great surprises. I especially love that phrase, you're not done muffins yet, I think I need that tattooed or somewhere in here, because the Christian life, I think we could get all a little impatient that we're not saints right away, and Augustine always reminds us that the Christian life is a pilgrimage, we're always moving, which you talk about greatly as a journey. Uh, what would you say is some good advice, though, to people who are going, you know, okay, I read your book, Father Looney, I've read your previous books, I'm still nothing like Mary, what the heck is wrong? Yeah, well, that's a good question. And um, <laughs> what, what do you do with that? Um, it's, we, well, I, I think that oftentimes we want to dwell on the bad and we say, well, this is how I'm not like Mary. <laughs> and, um, and so maybe we do pray around that. And that's something that we ask, ask her to say, you know, you ask Mary, give me your heart. And uh, get, especially in this area. That's what that's what I kind of suggest in the in the conclusion of the book that maybe that there's a certain attribute that really resonates that really set is this is what I need and if that's what you need well then that's what you should start praying for Mary give me give me your heart of purity give me your heart of prayerfulness what whatever it is um, but also too I think it's important for us to to look at the fact that, well, what are the ways that I am living with a Marian heart so that we don't become discouraged to say, well, this is how I have progressed in the spiritual life. And this is how Mary has been the guide and helper uh, on the journey. We, we can talk about Mary and some people might say, well, this is very maybe uh, too much for them to think about Mary, give me your heart. I think it talks about mediation of grace, that that God chooses to mediate graces through the hands of Mary. But really, uh, I think that the heart of Mary, if we pray with it and if we take on a heart like hers, that heart is only going to lead us to a greater love of God, the Father, Son, and Spirit. It's going to lead us to a greater love of the church and, and of for all people. So really, um, if we identify with the heart of Mary... I think it'll lead us. She'll lead us on this journey uh, into her heart. Really, it's a journey into the kingdom of God. That's a great way to put it. And so our, for our final question, Father, for anyone who wants to learn more about you or learn more about your fantastic book, A Heart Like Mary's, where can they go? Sure. Uh, actually, we just revamped my personal website and uh, just relaunched it a few days ago. And uh People can go to edwardlooney.com, as I referenced a little earlier, and they can see a lot of different things. I try to archive most of the links of different things that I've written online uh, for where I contribute, especially to Catholic Exchange, which is the principal one that I write for. But then there are a few other outlets um, and, and also a way to find my recent homilies and, and things like that. So, uh, But also kind of 
information about the books are there and what I've done and, and what I've researched. So edwardlooney.com. If people are interested in getting a heart like Mary's, I'd encourage them to first check out your Catholic bookstore. It's always yes, good yes. To, to support those little Catholic bookstores in your area. They're, they're really suffering, especially with the great expansion of Amazon. And uh, But if you can't go to a, a local Catholic bookstore, you don't have one, they don't have it in stock, well, maybe then you go to Amazon. You, you can get it on your Prime or whatever. Uh, Barnes & Noble also sells the book. Uh, so lots of different ways that they can acquire the book. And then if you're interested in kind of journeying to the heart of Mary with me during the Advent season, uh, be sure to visit my website, edwardlooney.com, and sign up for the newsletter. And I'll send you little videos uh, each week kind of as a companion uh, to, to the book. Maybe the, that further development of thought or if there's new insights or just uh, to, to help you along the way. Wonderful. We'll put all those links up at CatholicExchange.com. So if you're listening and driving, don't take notes. Just go to CatholicExchange.com or EdwardLooney.com. We'll have all those links up for you. But Father, thank you so much first for writing this book. It's a delight that you taken on such a great Herculean task like writing about and understanding Mary. So thank you for that. And thanks for sharing with us on the podcast today. It's always my pleasure. And uh, I'm, I, I look forward to many more endeavors in the future. <laughs> Likewise. Thank you very much. 